Hi, everyone. Welcome back for episode 30 of the Simply Well Podcast. I'm your host, Colin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. How are we doing, everybody? We're just a couple of best friends who are passionate about all things pop culture. If you're looking for lukewarm takes on movies, video games, TV shows, or even the occasional comic, then we have got the show for you. And uh, this week, you're good at we... That. Uh, what's that? You're getting real good at that. Oh, baby, I've got it. I'm not going to lie to you. I've got it written down. I like to read it. Uh, oh, but, oh. I mean, I know it, but I also have it written down so that way I can... I, I would hate to think that I fumble over it and then go, Motherfucker! And I start over. Yeah, no, I don't yeah. have any of mine written down. I just know yeah. it. Like the back of my hand. Yeah, but I feel like there's an expectation that if you fumble something, like it's just content, but if I fumble it, I'll take it, like, to my heart. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's more my own things than, like, anything to do with you. You know what I mean? What, do you expect me to fumble it? No, huh? Because I if do. you did, you expect yourself to fumble <laughs> oh, it. Oh, big oh. time. Oh, big time. You're always like, okay, don't fuck this up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. I would, because I'm, I'm like, the type that would take, I would, if I didn't have it written down, I would do about six takes of it before I felt good about it. Whereas here, it's like, I'm just reading aloud. I got through those lines. Next bit. You know what I mean? For like the past two episodes, I've just been doing, you know, Peter Piper eats a pepper. Peter, you know, doing warm ups <laughs> so I don't fumble leather, as bad as I have. Red leather, yellow yeah. leather. All right. Yeah, no, that's a good. Yeah, you got to do the. What's the from the fucking <laughs> the outtakes of uh, Anchorman Two? <laughs> you know, he's like, they're coming in the back door. Grab the children, save the children. That's his oh. warm up. No, uh, we were inspired by Barbarian to uh, venture back to the theater, and we saw Don't Worry, Darling, this week. In fact, oh. we saw it today. As of recording, we were, like, less than six hours from our vaguely romantic, like, Monday afternoon matinee. Uh, it was, like, us and, uh, like, what, five other people in the theater? Not even, dude. I had, I, well, it was, it was yeah, because it was two people down in front, like, th- a solo the, in front of us. Two people behind us. That's oh, I guess, people. yeah, that's five. Yeah, yeah, man. All right. Oh, math. Call math me a fool. out on that. Yeah, you're a fucking fool. Um, sorry. No, no, no. You're all right. But no, uh, we 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 are fairly certain that we looked like a, a a couple in a good way. I mean, I I'm not bothered by it, but I was like, man, we really didn't didn't take many steps to avoid the the judgment. You know? No, who fu- no who fucking cares. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm just saying. Yeah, I got my vest on. You got your thigh, <laughs> your mid thigh uh, shorts. Hey, man, they're sunglasses. comfy, bro. And they're comfy. And again, it's like a more affluent neighborhood, and it's 2.30 in the afternoon on a Monday, and we're seeing, don't worry, darling. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, who cares? My wife. My wife. Yeah, everybody's going to be like, hey, I saw your husband out, uh, I think, with his boyfriend. <laughs> She's like, ah, that's just Chris. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know what it is, baby. And you know what? I would be proud to be your husband. You're you're goddamn right. I'm a catch. (laughs) I'm a fucking catch. You're a catch. (laughs) But now uh, we we flip things on its uh, on its head, and uh, Chris actually picked out the news articles for the week. I still wrote them up, and 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 I've got. I'm gonna present the news, but he he chose the articles I talked about this week. So I'm trying to go for something more where I don't just go. Oh wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we we need to find a happy medium. Or maybe you pick, like, three articles, and then I pick three. But I, I still do the write-ups on all of them. Because I do like also like... 
Well, no, no, it's not that. I like being able to surprise you with news as well. Clip it right here. Set it right here. <laughs> You'll only hear a denial. Run it back. <laughs> but no, I mean, I do. I like being able to bring you news that's news to you, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I do think we need to find a mix. I didn't mind having a genuine reaction selected for me. Yeah, exactly. Raw, unadulterated. I mean, but, I just uh, sent them to you. You have no idea what I'm going to say. It's true. Uh, no, so yeah, he, he sent me through uh, the fact that Avatar is leaving the box office weekend. Uh, the new Final Destination has its directors. Hmm. The Shining sequel, that didn't happen, right? There's an actual sequel to Cloverfield that's in development. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 might be good now, and uh, The Last of Us got its fucking teaser trailer. Yeah. Today. Yeah, it did. Like, today. Yeah, it did. It did. So, we got a lot to talk about, uh, and then obviously we're going to get into Don't Worry Darling and our thoughts on that. So, if you're ready, we'll just jump into it. I think we should, yeah, let's dive. Yeah, let's jump in. All right, so starting at the top from IGN, Avatar has been re-released in theaters uh, in an attempt to generate revenue and reignite some interest in you know the long dormant property that is Avatar, right? And uh, the movie actually has been met with some heavy criticism, honestly, as like the movie had been taken down from Disney Plus ahead of the re-release, basically forcing people who want a refresher to go pay for the movie again more than ten years after its original release, which seems kind of shitty. Um. But it paid off because the James Cameron FX fest that is Avatar topped the weekend box office with over $20.5 million domestically. Putting it back on top. Well, it's been on top. That's right. That's right. But it's also had multiple re-releases. So I think that kind of is cheating. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to talk OG run, it is in fact Endgame. In fact, this no. came in ahead of this week's topic film. Don't worry, darling. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's all I. That's all I had. I don't have any thoughts other than I think it's kind of shady and shitty that they took it off of streaming to re-release it to kind of force money into the. You film's know what? Hand. No. No. Fuck it. It's been out for ten years, right? And when it came out, people were buying DVDs left and right. So if you don't have that on DVD and you're solely like, "Well, I wanted to watch it on Disney Plus," it's ten years. Just go see it again. Go back to the theater. That's what this all comes back to. People just need to go back to the theaters. They could go back to the theater and see theater and see an original film like The Woman King or Don't Worry Darling, as opposed to giving a billionaire more money for a project 10 years old that's taken them that long to develop one sequel to it. You bring a good point, but I'm not going to admit it. <laughs> I know you won't, because you're stubborn, and for some reason you've decided Avatar is your hill to die on. <laughs> I think there are far greater, more beautiful hills, but <laughs> but by golly, it's Say, my you know, hill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you do you, baby. Whatever feels right. It ain't much, but it's honest. But work. it's honest work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the Hollywood Reporter mentioned, or, or I say mentioned, brought this exclusive story to light, right? Uh, and we will rehash it here. So Final Destination 6, obviously, is a return to the horror franchise that kind of created my paranoia about, like, large objects on flatbeds oh, yeah. on freeways. You know? I think it was Final Destination 2 where the fucking logs the bounce logs. down the freeway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ever since Fuck then, if that. I see, like, anything, like a wide load coming through, I'm like, <laughs> You make sure you get in front. Yeah, you get in yeah. front. Like, Fuck, I gotta get around this thing. Um, hmm. Pardon me, I was taking a... Uh, a sip of 
medical-themed, nondescript cola. <laughs> that was Dr. Pepper, but they're not sponsoring. Yep. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. No, so this film is being written by Guy Busick and Lori Taylor Evans, which are the duo who have written the recent Scream revival, which did very well. Okay. Uh, so that kind of uh, promise, right? Um, as well as, uh, let's see, the Spider-Man helmer, uh, John Watts, wrote like the original treatment, basically, before the final drafts of the script. So he wow. kind of wrote the pitch, basically, for what this relaunch would be. And let's see here. Uh, the, apparently, the search for a director took like the bulk of the year, with more than 200 candidates being brought forward for the job. Holy uh, shit. I know. And I was reading about it. Apparently, it's the third largest horror franchise for New Line Cinema behind uh, the Conjuring franchise, which I think is kind of cheating, considering there's like 19 films that are Conjuring adjacent. Yeah. Uh, you know, like La Llorona is technically is it a Annabelle film. one, too? Annabelle, Annabelle Returns, The Nun, The Nun 2. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's just there's a shit ton of Conjuring films. But, uh, say, you know, I digress. There's... So that's number one with like over $2 billion coming to New Line Cinema. And then over a billion dollars for the It franchise. And then now this has about $700 million over the course of six films. Or sorry, five films with obviously this being a, a return after about 10 years. I think I said 2011 was the, uh, the final destination. <laughs> so uh, they did find a duo finally. Uh, Zach Lepofsky and Adam B. Stein to do the directing. And they won out after an over-the-top Zoom call with executives. So apparently the duo appeared on camera with a lit fireplace as their backdrop. And as the call was coming to an end, the fire behind them kind of grew out of control and they were forced to jump into action and kind of banish the flames with water and an extinguisher and it was real dramatic and scary. And they kind of come back and say, you know, oh man, Jesus, I can't believe And everybody's like, oh my God. You know, the executives on the call were like, Jesus, I can't believe that happened. Oh my God, I'm glad you guys are okay. And then the ceiling fan above and behind them falls off, you know, falls out of the ceiling and flies out of control and spins through and decapitates one of the directors. And uh, it's obviously fake. It didn't happen, uh, like for real. And it was a nod to the franchise being, you know, they they escaped death from the fire, but then death comes back and gets them with the ceiling fan, Mm -hmm. you know. And uh, that it was a combination of um, VFX and pre-recorded footage, and it like really wowed and amused the production team enough that they were hired. Apparently, the executives like burst into laughter and applause, of, like yeah, you know, it's dedication and it's kind of funny and all that, you know. No, and, yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, hopefully, I mean that's, that shows dedication. That's uh, and what I, I was hope that they say. bring that to the, you know. I mean, it is a, a like a ten-year-old since the last attempt at it and there is some originality to the idea and i think maybe with it being i don't want to say stale but it's been gone long enough that potentially it could be you know a little bit refreshing to see something like that again mm-hmm. dude i remember watching those way too young and they right. gave me nightmares for a long time yeah but I so remember... like when I, when I saw that and then i saw like yeah the directors <laughs> they got hired because you know they basically just fucking Faked their death fake their death on a zoom call and i just thought that was the funniest shit and i was like dude that's that makes me excited for it because that means it's like oh they're putting thought and like hardcore sweat and tears in this you know they're really going for it and that gives me high hopes for it yeah it shows passion and dedication that hopefully you know will follow them and then again you know you've got a a good writing staff with you know the people that did you know understand you know an old horror series like scream and you know 
and successfully bringing that back and making it modern. Hopefully they can do the same with this. And then obviously John Watts, who's been very successful with large dollar figure franchises like Spider-Man, you know, hopefully he, he, he put something forward that they had a lot of something to chew on, you know. And I can't see why this, they wouldn't be team. able to either. Yeah. Like, you know, create new ones. I mean, technology's advancing, you know, toy on right. technology, any anything like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. This one comes to us from IGN again. Uh, Mike Flanagan took to Twitter this week to lament his Shining sequel that never got off the ground at Warner Brothers. So there was a, a fan-made poster that was tweeted out, and he commented below it saying, uh, quote, we were so close, I'll always regret that this didn't happen. And a fan kind of replied to him, was like, well, what happened? Why didn't we get it? You know, we'd love to see that. We love you, whatever, right? And he said, because of Dr. Sleep's box office, that uh, performance, Warner Brothers opted not to proceed with it. They control the rights, so that was that. Uh, now, Flanagan, I don't know if you've watched any of his series on Netflix, but so mm-hmm. he he actually wrote the script for Dr. Sleep, which was the, you know, unofficial. So it's like a yeah, weird. Yeah. It's like a not- sequel to the book because it's also it is a, a sequel book. Um mm-hmm. But so it kind of tried to be a sequel to both the book as well as a sequel to the film, because apparently the film is kind of uh, a divisive as far as like Stephen King himself doesn't like the film because he doesn't think it's very true to the book. But obviously the film itself is the film. Yeah. Overall, the film is like (laughs) renowned. You know, it's like, oh, my God, that's the show. That's a classic. Yeah, it's a classic film. And so they had to kind of, with Dr. Sleep, try and find a middle ground where it can satisfy both readers of the book and fans of the original film. Uh, and so I don't know where this would-be sequel from Flanagan would have laid. You know, would it have been just a direct sequel to the original film? You know, ignoring uh, influence from the book? Or, or, or what? I'm not sure, you know. But uh, either way, it just didn't happen because uh, Dr. Sleep underperformed. It made about 70, or sorry, $70 million dollars on like an almost $50 million budget. And like I always say, you kind of have to double the budget to account for marketing. And so it, it probably didn't break even, unfortunately. Because you know it's what? actually a decent movie, uh, Dr. Sleep. You know what? What? I'm taking the shoes off. The dogs are coming out. Do what it. I gotta say. I just took a shit. I'm, I'm fucking... I'm ready to take a foot race. Like, Dude. And we kind of talked about it. I don't know. When I read it, when I first saw it... My first initial thought was like, honestly, I'm not mad because we're talking about I, Dr. Sleep. Uh, no, the sequel that never happened. I gotcha. OK, I'm not mad. Now, the, if it's a good movie, then sure. Like, you know, I'll, you know, I'll bite my tongue and I'll redact what I say. But like, I feel like that's all we're getting now is like sequels. And then we're getting yeah. like uh, biographies of people like, you know. And so it's like, you know, I don't know, something like uh Final Destination is a little different because there's no specific storyline. Right. You know, it can just, it's just a bunch of people dying. That's the whole right, premise. Yeah, right. They avoid so death you, and then death comes back to get them. Like, right. And so, in, you, I mean, in creative yeah, ways. You can, uh, you can kind of toy around and, you know, take that wherever. But I don't know. Like, what's the. Final is it Amsterdam? Feudal Japan. No, no, no. Uh, that new movie that's coming out is it Amsterdam. Yes, with, with uh, Christian Bale, uh, John David Washington, and Margot Robbie, and Margot Robbie. It's got all, all kinds of people. It's got Taylor Swift yeah. in it. Yeah, uh, 
but like something like that alpha. like i don't know like i've never seen that and i think it looks really interesting it's got chris rock in it um yeah you know so like something Old like Bobby that De Niro. Mm-hmm. so something like that you know sounds new and fresh and it really caught right. my eye but yeah. seeing all these like sequels they just don't catch my eye anymore i don't know let me hit you with a fucking curveball here though mike Throw flanagan it. does phenomenal horror like did you watch uh, Haunting of Hill House? No, I don't believe I have. Uh, you got to check it out. It's a miniseries on, on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it's very good. Very spooky. It has a somewhat sequel. Uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, it's more like antholo- uh, anthology than direct sequel. So it's called The Haunting of Bly Manor, I think. And it's... I didn't think it was as good, but it's still decent. But then I think his best work so far on Netflix was uh, Midnight Mass, which uh, Morgan and I binged in like a day or two for our our first anniversary weekend. We ate just Japanese food that we brought in and just laid in our underwear and watched all like eight, six or eight episodes of uh, Midnight Mass. And it's, it's so good. Very incredible. I think you should definitely check that out. And he's got a new one coming out called the Midnight Man, maybe? I'll tell you what. Tell me. One of my Come favorite on. horror movies. Yeah. There's got to be... The Midnight Club, I apologize. House of Wax. Yeah? No. With Nicole Kidman? No. <laughs> no. Is, Is it Nicole Kidman? I think so. <laughs> uh, you know how I feel water. about Nicole Kidman. <laughs> yeah, you fucking hate that bitch. And I don't even hate her. I didn't hate her. Until the goddamn fucking ad that isn't an ad. <laughs> Bro, whenever we're at the movies, you're white knuckling on your seat and you're just fucking muttering <laughs> under your breath. No, so House of Wax is not the one with her in it. It's got oh. fucking Paris Hilton in it. Oh man, what's the fucking. Oh god, that's gonna. I watch it, I even mean Nicole Kidman. I can't think of what the other actress is. That's very Nicole Kidman adjacent. Bear with me. You oh, keep bad. talking. No, um, I don't know. I feel like there are a lot of good scary movies, but I will say, I think it was, um, and again, it might have been, I was a little, not young, but like, I don't know, maybe I'm just a little baby. Uh, but I think it was the a little, Sinister. A little piss boy. A little piss boy. I think it was Sinister. Um, That's that a where... very spooky movie. Yeah, with fucking Ethan Hawke. Yeah, dude. And, and Bagul. Like, yeah. And um, the dad's going through, like, the basically. Naomi Watts is the other actress. Naomi that, Watts. That Nicole Kidman adjacent. Um, no, but, like, and you hear the, what's that one? It's like, tiptoe through the window. And, like, the guy is, yeah, like, sharpening a knife. And then, like, it just cuts and it's the devil looking at. Dude, for whatever reason, that scared the shit out of me. And I just, I couldn't. Yeah. I had to pause it. <laughs> I had to walk away for a minute. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta cool off. I'm sweating. <laughs> yeah. I gotta turn on a light or something. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. yeah, that movie scared the shit. I watched it with a uh, like a friend of my sister's after everybody had fallen. Like I was the annoying little brother. Full disclosure: my sister's about five to six years older than me, and uh, I was the annoying little brother at like sleepovers and stuff where I wanted to hang out. You know what I mean? Like, I, why do I have to fucking hide in my room? Well, you know, three or four girls just sit in the living room and bullshit, you know. So I, I hung out and I watched scary movies that like I probably shouldn't have been. But then Sinister, <laughs> uh, but you can I, hang. I was, you can hang. <laughs> so you did a yeah. bitch out. 
But no, Sinister, I'm thinking I would have been... Yeah, 2012, so I would have been okay then. Like, that one wasn't like, oh, fuck. Like, I, you know, I wasn't like a 10-year-old like you would have been. <laughs> yep. I, uh... But no, so yeah, I watched that one with just one of the friends after everybody else had fallen asleep. And like, her and I both were like, fuck this noise. It's like... Three in the morning, everybody's asleep, it's just her and I, and I'm, like, sitting, it's in my mom's living room, and I'm sitting in a fucking recliner with my back to, like, an open kitchen, you know? My mom's kind of got, like, an open floor plan, and I'm definitely doing, like, the peeking over the back of the chair every so often, like, <laughs> Oof, I don't, I don't know about all this, you know? But yeah, no, that Sinister is very good, very spooky. Yeah, that one's up there, though, for top scary mm-hmm. movies to me. Yeah, I think, it had a sequel that was not as good. Um, but yeah, Sinister, definitely Barbarian's up there now. The Grudge always holds a place for oh, me. Barbarian was good. Um, but it also oh, brings up how I want to go see, uh, Pray for the Devil. We'll touch know, back man. on that. We'll yeah. touch back on that. We'll do what I fucking say. <laughs> I, could, I, got, I couldn't even keep a straight face. Uh, no, speaking of, uh, like, long dormant franchises. Variety. I got a long dormant. Mm-hmm. Let's chill out with that. <laughs> Variety brings us uh, news of a Cloverfield sequel. So this was kind of announced and then dropped about like a year or two ago by mm-hmm. uh, by J.J. Abrams at like a con of some kind. Where he was like, yeah, 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 no, we're definitely doing an actual Cloverfield sequel. And everybody's like, oh, and then like, just, <laughs> and then just nothing came of it. Uh, and then now all of a sudden they're like, oh, by the by, here's a fucking director. Uh, and, and like, so the project's got a director in a gentleman named, I'm going to butcher his name, Babak and Vari. And what's that? Now? <laughs> it's what just laughing. At it's me? just John Smith. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'm going to butcher gonna this butcher name. This. Jacob Smith. <laughs> you know? Jacob Smith. Jacob Smith. Ah, I don't think so. But no, yeah, no, the, the guy's name is, I believe it's Babak Envari. And I was looking at his um, filmography, and, like, the one that they kind of quoted in the article was Wound, which had Army Hammer in it. It was from, like, 2018 or 2019, so it was before everybody found out that he was a, a freak. But um, I didn't recognize anything from this guy's filmography, so he's kind of an up-and-comer, which is fine. I mean, there's a lot of directors that kind of get that treatment of, like, yeah, they make one small movie that does well, enough and now all of a sudden they're getting a a franchise film you know which i'm cool with man i mean yeah i'm cool with man let them do it you know like give them opportunity yeah i mean you figure avengers endgame you know Mm -hmm. was directed by people that were primarily tv directors and then all of a sudden they're making the for a you know for a short bit the longest or the highest grossing film of all time but uh yeah, so the film's being produced by J.J. Abrams, who's obviously been a part of the series since, like, 2007 when the first came out. Uh, I think 2007 or 2009. I think it's January 2009. Yeah. Ah, 2008. I was right in the fucking sweet spot. Man. So I've got a lot of history with Cloverfield. But mm-hmm. uh, let, let, me, let me finish this off right quick. Fucking Matt Reeves is one of the executive producers. And I don't know if you know this, but Matt Reeves is who gave us the Batman and goddamn Dawn of the Apes, you know, Dawn of the War of the Planet of the Apes, you know. Oh, yeah. Trilogy, which I think is one of the best 
like modern action movie trilogies. Mm-hmm. I, I would fuck. like to. Go, I'd like to sit down and rewatch all of those. I haven't seen them yeah. forever. Uh, and then Joe Barton, who wrote the script for The Ritual on Netflix, which was directed by Andy oh, Serkis, oh, I believe. Oh, oh, I love that movie. Yeah, where they're just like, it's a couple of Brits they're camping. taking yeah, a hike out yeah. in the woods. Because they're And one of them hurts oh. a leg. Dude, yeah. yeah and it just, for gas. some reason, Welcome back leans to into just gas. Gas. Yeah, The Ritual, gas. But anyway, gas, yeah, the, the guy that wrote that script uh, is writing the script for this. So Good, good. Yeah, hopefully that's a, a good sign. Um, Dude, the ritual was scary as fuck when I first saw it. Yeah. And it I, did a good so, job at keeping it creepy. Yeah, yeah, it's not, like, overtly... It kind of ramps up very quickly towards the end. Yeah, but... I, where it's, but not in a bad way. No, but I think the beginning... For me, if something's very super creepy... Yeah, if something's super creepy, then in my opinion, I think sometimes that can be scarier than, like, a really good jump scare, if that makes right. any sense. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, letting you scare yourself is is a good tactic. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about Cloverfield here, so obviously, Cloverfield was a found footage horror movie from two thousand eight. That, or you know, I say horror movie. It's more monster movie than horror movie. But I, uh, um, I fucking ate that shit up as a kid. But also, yeah, oh, I did with a fucking spoon. But also, it had, like, one of the most famous uh, ARGs, so where it's basically a viral marketing campaign of, like, putting actual, like, Facebook pages together for characters of the movie and whole websites dedicated to fake companies that exist within the movie mm-hmm. and, like, all this background information that gives you this much broader story of, like, what's potentially going on with the monster and, and things like that. That if you watch the movie, you don't get any of it, which I think is kind of a good and bad. Yeah. Um, you know, where it's, it's rewarding for the people that dive into it, but then, you know, you kind of miss out on it if you didn't dive into it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, you know, 10 Cloverfield Lane was kind of announced like a month before release, and it was a repurposing of an old script called The Cellar, I believe. And, and okay. I mean, it was a good movie. It was directed by Dan Trachtenberg, who did Prey recently, and oh. uh, both movies were phenomenal. But then, fucking the Cloverfield Paradox, dude! Oh, what a stinker! You didn't like it, dude? Cloverfield Paradox was dog shit. I didn't think it was you that bad. On cocaine. And the, I didn't. I, I didn't like the ending. I mean, for sure. But I didn't think it was that bad. I thought the concept behind it was pretty interesting. Dog ass. Say it with me, everybody. Dog <laughs> ass. Let me let me just pull it on. I I think I am not in the minority. I'll tell you that. Let's find out. Yeah, 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 Jamie, pull that up. Yeah, let's see here. We'll go to Rotten Tomatoes. We'll do the we'll do the trifecta like I always do for the movies that we see. Let's see. Cloverfield Paradox. Right, let's see. Cloverfield Paradox has a. Uh-oh. A uh, a shockingly low twenty two percent from the critics and a forty two percent from the audience. All right, all right. And then let's see on IMDb here. Let's. <laughs> I think you made your point. I think no, you no, no, no. I just want to see. I just want to see. The Cloverfield. <laughs> oh yeah, here we go. Here we go. The Cloverfield Paradox has a five out of ten. Medic. You made your point. <laughs> you made your point. Yeah. <laughs> 
Clover <laughs> Field Paradox. Move! That's a 37. Yeah. I think you are in the minority, my, my good sir. Alright, that's fine, whatever. Doesn't mean you're wrong, it is opinion-based, but the majority opinion is this movie sucks donkey dicks. And, uh... I'm, I'm not saying it's an Oscar-winning movie, I just don't think it's... Oh, no, it is not. I just don't think it's, like, the worst movie I've ever seen. For the... I think... I think it has some things going against it. First of all, the trailer that they showed... So, I don't know if you remember this, but they fucking showed the trailer at halftime for the Super Bowl and said, like, available after the game on Netflix. And it was like, no fucking... Like, that was the announcement trailer. It was like, hey, after the game, go watch the next Cloverfield movie. And the trailer didn't really show too much of the space stuff, really emphasized some of the Earth stuff, and definitely used some deceptive marketing uh, as far as, like, taking sound bites from the original movie and things like that to make it sound like, oh, shit, the Cloverfield monster is in this movie, which it technically is. And it's so, like, oh my god, it's an actual sequel to Cloverfield. Holy fuck, I gotta watch this. And then for it to be not even a good sci-fi movie without the Cloverfield name on it, but to then be, like, insulted that at the end they were like, here's a poorly animated, way too large Cloverfield monster uh, that screams for, like, 0.5 seconds and then the movie's over. And I looked at Morgan, we were just dating at the time, and I went, I fucking hated that. Because I was super jacked, and she was just like, I'm sorry. You know? <laughs> she didn't know. She was like, do I comfort him? What do I do? But, so I'm really hoping that with this one being, uh, there's no confirmation, but it sounds like it's expected to be a direct sequel. Um, with them, like, writing a script from the ground up to be a Cloverfield movie. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, I really hope it really comes together, because... Do you think they'll get T.J. Miller back in it? I don't know, man. He's been in quite a bit of hot water. Oh, really? For what? Uh, some Me Too stuff. Oh. Yeah. I was very surprised that he was in uh, Deadpool 2, actually. Because I think it was about that time. Yikers. <laughs> Yikers! Oh, plus <laughs> T.J. Miller got bitten in half. What? I in, thought we uh, hear his voice at the end. No. Uh, no, you hear the main characters. Like the, the, the main guy on camera, not the main guy behind the camera. Where they're hiding under the bridge as the nukes come in. Yeah. Or the, the bombs come in. Yeah, that's not T.J. Miller. Oh, all right. Yeah, T.J. Miller gets bitten in half, where they're like, Hud! Or I think his name's Hutch, or, or Hud, something like that. They're like, yeah. you know, get the fuck out of there! And he looks up, and the monster's just standing over him, and just leans down and snacks him in half. I remember, I was way too fucking young to see, I was really young to see that movie, and that's the scene movie. In the where, fucking subway? Yeah, that's the part that fucking, I was so scared of the dark for the longest time because of that. Yeah, fucking, like, the ticks. Basically, mm -hmm. the parasites that are falling off the monster's back. Yeah, and then wouldn't they make and you? She explode? fucking explodes. Yeah, but yeah, no. Yeah. If you haven't checked out, like, look up YouTube videos and shit about the original Cloverfield ARG. It's actually some fascinating shit, and um, it's just really cool. And I hope that maybe they'll do something like that again and give it proper effort because sure. both, uh, both. I think Cloverfield, Ten Cloverfield Lane had like kind of a halfway attempted ARG. That wasn't bad, but wasn't nearly as involved as the, the original. Mm -hmm. And then I, I think, don't know that Paradox really had one at all. I think if, if, if they were to try it again, doing like an ARG, it would be hard. I ain't gonna lie, but if, if it yeah. hit and it went viral, I bet that would be so fucking good. Yeah. 
Because it's hard to get things going viral on the internet nowadays. I mean, because it's viral right, for like yeah, one day. To, and yeah, then, you know, and it's it hard moves to like. On. But something like this sounds like. Virality online anymore? Yeah. Like you don't. Especially. Almost, you're almost asking to get mocked by the internet when you attempt to be viral as a, like, a large company. Yeah. Or especially yeah. like with it being such a. It's not just like something that, okay, it just needs to be this video. Like, get the, the consistency. That yeah. has to go vile for each one that they make. That's yeah, it's where like, it's here's gonna a get website really and here's yeah. here's emails and, and yeah and all that. Yeah, it's gotta be gotta be you know, top down, it's gotta be bulletproof. But uh yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Last story before our, our main event story for, of the news. Um so IGN has a very it's I, I said that after a very rocky launch and kind of a fall from like the peaks mm. of hype mountain, you know. Uh. Cyberpunk 2077 is actually having a little bit of a resurgent following a recent patch. And, uh, and you know, obviously, it's had quite a few updates, but the most recent patch added some stuff from the Netflix anime series Edge Runners, which is also apparently very good. Uh, and so that's kind of drawn people in where they're like, all right, well, I could go back to that. You know, I want to give it another try. I've heard it's got updates and things like that. And apparently the, the quote from them was that across all platforms, like a million people visited... Night City was how they phrased it. So a million people played the game uh, daily over the course of a week. I think it was uh, last week. And uh, that's pretty decent for a game that was not, I repeat, not getting played. I think on the computer in January of 2021 on Steam, it was like 80,000 concurrent players. Mm -hmm. Which is not... Not a lot. Not a lot. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I started it and like, yeah, like very recently. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get yeah, I started it poke. when it first came out. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to give it a poke, you know, because yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just wanted to play. I want going to give it a whack. I'm not impressed. Yeah. Like, and I had low standards and like some of it's cool. Like, I think uh, the firefights are good. Uh-huh. Like, you know, that that's no problem. I think you know, that's pretty all right. cool. Um. I even think the story is like not bad, but at least right. the one I'm playing of the the street was a street kid. Yeah, well, so I'll give you a little little clue that the story you're playing is the story that anybody plays. So all street kid does is change your first mission, or like not even the first mission really, but like how you when you're the street kid. I think I forget how you get to meet Jackie at the bar, uh-huh. but. Basically, the the setup for what gets you to meeting Jackie is the only thing that changes. Oh, so the rest is the same? Yeah, and then there's, like, that cut scene with Jackie where it's like, oh, and then now you're friends, right? Mm-hmm. And so that cut scene plays for everybody and gets you to the same starting point, basically, for everybody. So, yeah, Street Kid kind of gives you, like, some different dialogue options and things like that. Same with, the you know, the corporate and all that, the different paths. But it really didn't change much, which was one of my main criticisms. Was the way they marketed it was like three totally different paths, and it's not. So you know, but anyways, the story is not bad. I don't think um, for yeah. my character, like it makes sense and following it pretty easy. And I even made the note to talk about how like I enjoyed because I do like to brawl with my hands. I think it's fun. Yeah. And uh, in game. In game. In game. Um, Just doing fucking. Bare knuckle boxing matches, <laughs> but uh, 
there's like a little side quest you can do where you that that's what you do is you box. Yeah. And like I wanna I wanna go back and I wanna play that, but like the city looks cool, but I don't know. It was like it was a little let down from just what yeah. I saw. I was expecting more neon signs, more color. Right. And it looks pretty great, dull. Right. Just I don't know. And just I uh, just wasn't wasn't blown away by the graphics, and it's just kind of like, eh. yeah. Like I don't know. Yeah, I agree. For a game, you know, because that's that's a thing. Is like you know, not all games have to have perfect graphics in order for it to be good. But that was one of the biggest things that they were trying to hype up. Right, especially in like the um, early gameplay trailers and stuff. Yeah, where it was like, you know, here's a thirty minute like. Just a, we're gonna play through this mission, and you're like, "Holy fuck! Like that's intense to do a whole mission and just show it." And the graphics were really cool, and then it just yeah, wasn't that. It wasn't it definitely downgraded. Yeah. But uh, CD Projekt Red, the developers, announced mm-hmm. that like their first DLC, where they finally got the game to a point now where they're like, "Okay, that's the that's the base game done, basically," and now we're working on DLC. And so the first DLC is called Phantom Liberty. And they've also said that the most recent update, the 1.6 patch, is the final update for the PS4 and Xbox One versions, with all focus now being placed on this generation of consoles and the future, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's also going to help, because now it's not... I do think it fell victim to like being developed cross-generationally, where it's like, well, a game that has to work... If they'd have made it just for PS5 and Xbox uh, Series X, the graphics might potentially have been better. You know, yeah, I don't know, yeah. but uh, yeah, that's that's all I got on that. Uh, so late uh, for the day before. That's all I got to yeah. say. Yeah. Got my hopes that's, up, baby. Well, that's I see more stuff about. It. I see more stuff about it every day. I saw something on Twitter that it said like it's one of the most highly anticipated games. Like it's starting to really get traction, and they start yeah. to showing more footage for it. And I'm just, oh, I'm creaming. I want to critique you. The TikTok you sent me today of it, mm-hmm. or maybe it was yesterday, I don't remember. Um, I sent you like a week ago. What? Yeah. And then when I, because it was funny, when I opened it up, it was already liked, you know, because I had liked it and sent it to you. <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, you son of a bitch, didn't even watch it. I probably did, and I saw it again. I was like, oh! Oh, what? Yeah, it was like seeing it for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, then I did see, I, and then yeah, I did see something on Twitter about it though. But yeah, I don't know, dude. I'm just, I'm excited. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting patiently. All <sighs> right, the one I'm most excited to talk about, fucking today is uh, Outbreak Day in the Last of Us lore. Right, so today mm-hmm. is the day, September 26th, that the outbreak started. Okay. And so in honor of Outbreak Day or The Last of Us Day or whatever you want to call it, uh, they fucking dropped uh, about a minute and a half teaser trailer for HBO's The Last of Us series. That shit looks hot! Yeah. It looked real fucking good. Like, welcome back to Gasser Pass. Yeah! Last of Us. Yes! yes. Fucking gasoline, baby. Diesel! Dame mas gasolina. <laughs> Yeah, no, that shit looks phenomenal. Like, the attention to detail as far as, like, loyalty, I suppose, to the, the source mm-hmm. is it's so really good. good. Everything looks really, really, you know, uh, close to, like, damn, this is just 
you know the the cutscene from the game. Yeah, which I worry about a little bit. Like I'm not I'm not trying to be negative, but I'm like, oh man, like is it going to be a case of well, I could have just played the game? You know what I mean? I don't think so, but I do worry about if they stay too close to the game as far as like not adding anything. Then it's like, well, I could just look up one of those videos on YouTube that's like (laughs) the Last of Us the movie, all the cutscenes edited together. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I hope it's not that. I hope they do add enough to it, you know, where they might spend more time, you know, because the game kind of cuts really sharply between seasons, where it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, summer ends, and now they've arrived at Jackson, you know? We don't know how they got to Jackson from Philadelphia, but they did, right? Sure. And so, maybe the series could fill some of that in, you know what I mean? And, like, that's the thing, though, is, like, like, yeah, they definitely should fill it in, but it is such a tricky thing to do, because if you branch out, people just hate it, because they're like, this isn't... This, this isn't the game. That's not in the game. Yeah. And with how many people already will, were losing their shit about the, you know, the second game... Yeah. I feel like it's going to be a little bit of a touchy subject. Well, sucks to we'll be a find out. Twitter troll who is uh, an incel and all wrapped up yeah. in Joel as a, you know, personality. Joel died to a, a, a woman with muscles? What is this game, Cuck Fantasy? Oh my god, Jesus. <laughs> cuck Fantasy. <laughs> the Woke of Us Part 2, you know? Oh my god. <laughs> Neil Cuckman, you know? <laughs> They're calling, they, I've seen that one a lot on Twitter where they call Neil Druckmann Cuckman, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> Neil really, Cuckman. Really, really feel proud of themselves for making that one. Oh man. But no, I did really, I, like, I got goosey pimples. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, especially with the clicker at the end. The you know, clicker at the it, end? Yeah, oh. just hearing it and then seeing just the silhouette. I was like, oh, 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 oh. And then, yeah, the very end when it, like, fully shows the face in the flashlight. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, just a lot of cool, like, to see it and go, oh, I know what part of the game that is. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. Like, when they're in the in the, the tunnel, when they're first leaving the city, mm-hmm. and, they're, and they have the, the QZ and they're hiding from the, the guards and shit. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I know what part of the game that is and all that, and it's nice. And seeing the the towers leaned over graphically, I yes. was like, oh wow, yes, like the visuals that that looks impressive. That looks really good. I mean, obviously, I'm not surprised that HBO, you know, home of Game of the you know the Game of Thrones, uh, has decent <laughs> visual effects behind it. They got but, money. Um, they got money. Yeah, they they got some money. And apparently, this is one of the more expensive HBO series. So. I'm 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 cool with that, but uh, yeah, I would like to. I think I could not see any more, and I'd be fine with it. Like I'm already gonna watch it. They don't have to sell. Yeah, me. you sold me. You know. But uh, yeah, I'm in. That's all I got about that. I just it, yeah. I mean gas. Gas. That's all it is. That's all yeah. I can. That's all you can say. <sighs> all right. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's hop in. All right. Don't worry, darling. Performance. Worldwide gross or you know, worldwide box office for the weekend was thirty point two million, with nineteen point three of that being domestic. Uh, and then it's got a budget of thirty five million, so it's not there yet. But it's not a bad start to be, you know, because again, if you double the budget for marketing, you know, it's it's about halfway there already after one weekend. So I don't think it's going to do poorly. Um, reception. I, I really didn't have a, a vibe for what the, the reception was going to be here. So, Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score was 
Oh. And the audience score was 79%, so pretty divided there. I have a theory on that one. Um, IMDb has it at a 6.3, and Metacritic has it at a 48. So there was mm. kind of a consensus towards the negative. Mm -hmm. um, but the audience score, like I said, was 79%, and I do wonder if a bit of that is, like, Harry Styles <laughs> stands, you know? Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they are a passionate breed, you know? Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> Browns fans. Yeah, yeah, they are dedicated. <laughs> They're dedicated, bro. Yeah, yeah, get you a Browns fan. They are loyal. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, cast and crew here. Olivia Wilde, obviously, was the writer, director, and she played the role of Bunny. Uh, Florence Pugh was Alice. Gemma Chan plays Shelley. Harry Styles is Jack. Chris Pine is Frank. Nick Kroll is Dean. And Timothy Simons plays Dr. Collins. Um, you got a synopsis? I, I, I do. <clears throat> so, in the 1950s, Alice and Jack lived in the idealized community of Victory, an experimental company uh, that houses to the men... Ooh, experimental Jeez. company town that houses the men who work, on a top Shut up! who <laughs> work on a top-secret project. While the husbands toil away, the wives get to enjoy the beauty, the luxury, Ooh. and their seemingly perfect paradise. However, when oh, cracks fuck. in her... What? I didn't realize you were giving us the fucking war and peace over here. It's a synopsis, gee. I'm fucking with you. Keep going. Keep going. When cracks in her idyllic life begin to appear exposing flashes of something sinister lurking below, uh, Alice can't help but question exactly what she's doing in victory. There you go. A 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community begins to worry that this glamorous company could be hiding disturbing secrets. See how we said the same thing, you know? I'm just trying to get more in-depth, but whatever. <laughs> All right, let's jump in then. All right, non-spoiler plot thoughts. I'll let you start, because I really don't have a lot. Um, so... Where do you want me to start? You start. I'm bad at that. <laughs> I'm bad at starting. All right, so I thought it felt pretty predictable, honestly, until it wasn't, which we can kind of get more into in spoilers. Um... <laughs> I just, yeah, there wasn't a lot of surprise to it for me. Um, I thought it tried to convey the, like, the disorder of Alice's mind, where, like, she doesn't know what she can trust, and she feels like she's kind of losing grasp on reality. It, it kind of conveyed that through, like, some jumpy editing, and, and it didn't always land for me. Um, where, like, I think their goal was maybe to, like, make you uncomfortable, almost, or, like, unset, unsteady, maybe. Uh, but it, it wasn't, like... You know, to say, like, uncut gems, the whole point is to make you uncomfortable. It does that successfully in a, I don't want to say enjoyable way, but in a way that's like, man, they were really good at that. This was more almost annoying or kind of, I felt almost like a barrier for me in the movie. Mm. Mm. Uh, but I did like the atmosphere inside the community where I was like, yeah, they, they really nail that. Like, it's like 75% utopia, 25% cult, you know? Yeah. Uh, and but you know it's it's kind of coined as a thriller uh, in every like film website and things like that. Like that was the genre was thriller. I didn't feel it very thrilling. I don't disagree with you. I don't think I agree with you as much. There was one scene in particular that I do remember going, "Oh no, this is creepy," but uh, I can't talk about it until spoilers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I thought, I mean, aesthetically, very nice. You know, who doesn't love seeing that the 1950s stuff? And 
Um, I felt like it had just, I don't know, like, I don't think it was, I don't think it was an Oscar winning movie, but I don't think it was the worst movie ever. You know, like, it right. was just something nice uh, to kind of see and playing it a little differently of um, the twist at the end, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, or the plot twist, I guess, in the whole movie. Yeah. But Is it a spoiler to say there's a twist? Because then people are looking for a twist. No, I mean, there's twists in every movie. You there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was oh, word, word. No, oh, no, no. Oh, okay. I was, no? Um, but yeah, like, I guess that, that plot twist there, but yeah, we'll get back into that. And um, I don't know, like, just add a solid pace to it, and I liked, well, I don't know, now you got me second-guessing everything. No, 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 say your opinion. <laughs> this is your opinion. Well, no, I'm finding holes in my opinion, though. Where I'm like, well, well, you can say it and we can work through them. Yeah, <laughs> it's you and me, baby. Yeah, we're, it is. We're, yeah, we're gonna work out this kink. But like, I'd want to say, like, it had nice clues, but then it really didn't. Didn't. And yeah. I even said it at you know while we were leaving. Of yeah, how it didn't. I, I, let's burn through this because we need to get in spoilers. Yeah. I, yeah. This is therapy session now. I need to get this off yeah. my chest. So I, I need chemistry and characters. Out. Chemistry and characters. Florence Pugh, <laughs> I thought, was an excellent star of the show and does such a great uh, job of conveying uh, all aspects of her character. Yeah. All aspects. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You're a dog. I did. One of my bullet points here just says very horny movie. <laughs> it very. It's a very horny movie. Even stuff that's not it, like overtly sexual feels semi-sexual very sexual like at one point like it's in the trailer so it's not a super spoiler but like chris pine uses the line good girl outside of a sexual context but it still felt sexual very sexual like intensely sexual i was like whoa i feel uncomfortable knowing that there's a presumably retired couple a few seats up that are probably just hot to <laughs> trot I know, they, you know, they're fucking, the Velcro in their shoes is crackling. <laughs> <laughs> his, his pants that are way too high are also <laughs> getting a bit tight, you know? <laughs> but no, I thought Florence Pugh and Harry Styles had some very good romantic chemistry, honestly. Yeah, um, yeah it wasn't a bad I believe them as a young newlywed couple. <sighs> like I said, very horny movie. They, like, <laughs> I want to don't point see out it with a, me. Don't see it with a parent. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> I fucking picked up my drink and like yes. I made sure as when Colin was looking and I was just very shakily taking it. Yeah, taking a drink. I guess yeah, I'm like cool unzipping them. my vest, you know. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. All right. So full. Like this isn't. Again, it's in the it's in the trailers. Slightly within like 20 minutes of the movie starting, there's a approximately 45 second, which doesn't sound like a lot until it's on screen cunnilingus scene that is very intense just, and very passionate yeah. like knocking dinner off the table to get at it and i was like <laughs> my god harry styles is grasping both sides of the breakfast table and i'm like gz pete's <laughs> he is getting in there and it's uh so, so you get him a hard hat <laughs> yeah he's hard at work. like you said like you said, if you if somebody said no, they actually did it for real, you'd have been like, yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, I watched I it. Bought it. Yeah, I would have bought <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I saw yeah. that they did. Uh, and then, like, not even ten minutes later, there's another very passionate fingering scene. And again, mm-hmm. you could have told me it was real, and I'd have been like, yeah, well, obviously. I and I was like, like, Jesus, I hope this isn't the whole movie because I'm 
I'm losing I'm getting focus, in, you know? I'm, in, I'm getting in heat. I'm getting dizzy, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, like a, I'm about to start squalling like a cat and backing it up at an <laughs> inanimate objects, you know? <sighs> but uh, Chris Pine plays the charismatic, like, cult of personality very well. Mm. Where, like, I mean, he's a charming guy anyhow. And, like, he, so... I think it's a, a natural fit for him, but it was kind of nice to see him play a semi, like, potentially sinister role, where you're like, alright, this guy is very, like, cult leader, you know? But, it, but I'll be damned if he isn't handsome and charming, you know? Uh, yeah. His like, hair he's is got, good. Slick back. It was yeah. looking good. Yeah. Yeah, slightly gray hair, kind of slick back. Tan, he's got the fucking, his, his eyes. I'm like, man, this guy's got mm-hmm. it all, you know? He's, yeah, this man fucks. Yeah, this guy fucks. <laughs> this guy fucks. Yeah. Between him and Harry Styles, yeah. I can only imagine. Like, I saw a fucking TikTok that it was this young lady who obviously works at a theater, and she goes, am I the only theater worker who had to scrub the seats after Don't Worry Darling? Just getting moist. Just, ugh, soggy. So, Gemma <laughs> Chan, Gemma Chan plays uh, the wife of Frank. What did I say her name was? Shelly. Uh, Shelly. I thought she did a very good job at being like a powerful matriarch. You know, yeah. Like this, where oh, I think she kind of plays the role of, um, like you see, she's the mouthpiece almost. You see her. Are we are we, are we dipping into Frank. spoilers? Not yet. All right, all right, all right. Did we rate the bitch yet? No, we did not. We're in chemistry no. and characters. All right, settle down. <laughs> settle down. Easy. <laughs> Nick Kroll, uh, I thought was surprisingly serious in his role. Like it's not yeah. a comedic role for him. And I thought he did a good job at it. Uh, it made me. Did, go, yeah. I'd like to see. First of all, I would have liked to have seen more of him in the movie. Yeah. Um, and then I would have. I want to see him do more serious roles. Yeah, he 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 did really good at that. Yeah, and I was expecting a little bit of like his voice. Um, yeah. Doing some voices or something, but no, it was you know just his voice throughout the entire yeah. thing. And and he, there there's a, a a certain scene I'm thinking of where it does it gets real serious, and he's got Intense. a couple lines in it. Yeah. yeah. And. I want to talk about that later because talking about at, like, at Frank's party at the house, uh, or at the very maybe. end. No, it could. I think it was with the new guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then my last point here is that Harry Styles wasn't bad or good. Like I'd heard conflicting things. Yeah, or like I'd heard either like Harry Styles was like there were videos on TikTok of like people actually laughing out loud at him in the theater, and like there was nothing that he did that made me go. You know what I mean? But then, I mean, then they've got the opposite, which, again, Harry Styles has a very passionate fan base, and they all were like, he's the best actor I've ever seen. And, like, nothing that he did, nothing that he did blew me away either. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I really do think that, like, the chemistry that they had was very good, but from an acting standpoint, Florence Pugh carried that couple. Oh, hard, hard. So with that in mind, it's time to rate it, and I'm conflicted on my rating. How does the rating system work? So, you can be overwhelmed, you know, if you're thoroughly happy with the film, you enjoyed it. You can be underwhelmed, which is going to be the polar opposite, which means you were, you know, not happy with the film. You had a lot of flaws you saw. Or, you can be somewhere in between and be simply whelmed. Yeah. What do you, what do you got? I said this once, and I think I'm... I said it when I first, you know, when the movie was first over, and I think I'm going to try to stick with it. I'm going to say I think technically, if I had to put it on paper, I'd be overwhelmed but like if i ever saw it again it would switch to simply whelmed okay because like i saw it once i was like you know what 
it was good. I it was all right. You know, it wasn't wasn't the worst. It, it was good. It was good. But then again, that's where I go. Maybe that's just an, it's. I'm simply whelmed. Where I'm just like, yeah, it's good. It's all right. Yeah. So yeah, maybe <sighs> it is simply whelmed. But like, it's on the higher tier of simply whelmed. Right. We're see. I'm like a whole rung below you. I'm underwhelmed, teetering towards simply whelmed. But like from the trailers and stuff and the cast and all that, I had high expectations and just they were not met. Like the movie ended and I. I didn't want to give you any indication, you know, I wanted to kind of hold it for here, but like, I, my gut was like, all right, when the movie ends, I'm going to look at Chris and go, pass, but then I, I was like, no, I won't do that, I don't want to like, tell him right off that I didn't like it, but like, yeah, my gut check instinct was like, no, that wasn't it. I do wish there was more of an ending on it, I don't like where it mm-hmm. left off, because I just, yeah, I feel like that's where a lot of plot holes are. Yeah, they could have cut some earlier stuff to give us 30 minutes on the end. Yeah. Yeah, but so I, I'll say simply whelmed. That my final answer. Good answer, Steve. Yeah, my yeah. <laughs> Good answer, Steve. Good answer. Yeah, my my uh, my my final answer is underwhelmed. Underwhelming. Yeah, I was underwhelmed by it. Spoilers. I've only got two bullet points. You want me to hit them and then we can kind of get into dirty details a little bit. Yes. My first bullet point is just full spoiler. It was all a simulation. Yeah. Like that was the twist at the end. Was like they're just they're in like. The metaverse, basically. Which, like... I didn't like it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm tossed they up were, about it. They were potentially much more interesting answers to the question, like, what's really going on here? You know, I feel like it, it would have been, I'm going to say cooler, but <laughs> it's not cool, but in the, in the yeah. movie sense. Me no. Um, Maybe Me if no. it was truly... Uh, what if it was like a cult thing? Or they just recruit people, and maybe yeah. they got some deal with the government that they were able just to have this land, yeah, yeah, out in the middle of nowhere, and but they have to work for them and do like super sketchy things, yeah. Because like when know, I, I think that would have been cooler, when Frank gives his speech at his house party, my first thought was like Rapture from Bioshock, mm-hmm. of like. They're almost like the free state of Frank. You know what I mean? They they yeah. section themselves off. They're not governed by anybody. It's it's them, right? And, and so I was like, oh, maybe something like that. That's kind of neat, you know. Or you know, what's this sinister thing that they're working on underneath? And and I don't know. I was just yeah. There were a lot of. I didn't have any answer in my specifically, but it's a simulation. Wasn't a satisfying answer for me. Yeah. I was like, okay. Though I did like the idea, like, there was some stuff in there that I'm like, okay, maybe. We're like, so Harry Styles' character, Jack, and Alice, because, you know, they play the whole movie like it's 1950s, but mm-hmm. then you find out that it's not. It's modern day, if not, you know, near future, um, with some of that, you know, technology of the, the metaverse and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. But um, where, so apparently Alice is a surgeon, and you don't know what Jack did before, but he, it sounds like he gets fired. And he's kind of down on his luck and feeling like a loser. And he's convinced that Alice isn't happy being a surgeon. And he's kind of, he's, you get the vibe that he's been like trolling online and he somehow gets picked up in like a potentially misogynistic point of view. Like, yeah, I could picture like some of the subreddits that get banned. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where they're like, you know what? Life was so much better in the 1950s when the wife stayed home and did wife work and the man went to work and, you know. He was met at home with a smile and nothing else. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and 
everybody was happier then. And so it was like he was sold that. And so he <laughs> creepily. So without we're going to sound all over the place to people that haven't seen the movie. So in the final scenes, because the movie itself is very all over the place. Editing wise, I kind of mentioned. Yeah. As, as far as like it jumps around, there's not much of a chronology to it as far as like how many days the movie takes place over. Who knows? And that is part of the idea, I think, with the editing that I don't think was totally successful. But um, as they were kind of unveiling the, the twist there, that it is all a simulation, Alice gets a flash of like being drug back into the house, potentially, or the apartment. And <clears throat> I wasn't certain if her and Jack were married in the real world or if they were just dating. Mm -hmm. And like, it almost felt like maybe they'd broken up and his last-ditch effort was to do this to her? Did you get that vibe, or did you feel like they were still together? I, I thought that they were still together, but, like, it was... The <laughs> it relationship was, very was probably getting rocky, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he never went back to work, and he's just been trolling. Because, obviously, a lot of time had passed, too, between when, like, you first see him listening to... Basically, he found Chris Pine as, like, a YouTube podcast. Almost got, like, Andrew Tate vibes. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? that's literally what I was thinking. Like, I think, uh, so Olivia Wilde, there was a quote in an interview where she said um, Jordan Peterson was a big inspiration for Frank's character, which I could see as well. Um, so he kind of falls in that same, like, falsely philosophical, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <clears throat> um, and so, yeah, he's basically trolling online <laughs> is what is what's happening to Jack. And uh, I did like his monitor setup where I was like, is she taking a jab at, at me? You know, but uh, well, he's got a pretty good setup there. Uh, but then he's got much longer hair when you see him like kidnapping Alice. And so I do yeah. wonder like how much time had passed where it took him time to get initiated and things like that. Uh, oh, and I mentioned to you, I like that in his basically him registering for the Victory Project, he chooses to be British. And so now in the simulation, he's British. And I like that they he did such a poor American accent that they were like, fuck it, we'll just write in that he's British. I because mean, Florence Pugh is also British and has a very solid American accent. <laughs> and so it's just another jab at Harry Styles' inability to act. Or, you know, like, he's a musician <laughs> who's trying his... Little know, <laughs> trying to put his foot into acting, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh... I don't know. I thought I'm not. I thought uh, when we saw Harry Styles with long hair, because like right after we that scene where we see him with long hair getting into like laying on the bed, puts the device on next to Lawrence Pugh uh, or Alice Florence. Um, Florence, excuse me, Lawrence. Yeah. Um, her brother. <laughs> Lawrence. Yeah, Lawrence. Lawrence Pugh. Florence Pugh. Um, her twin brother. Lawrence and Lawrence. He's, Pugh. He he made the comment about how he. He's like doing like working so much just to make enough money to kind of keep things afloat. Right. So I thought it was him just not taking care of himself. We were just going to work, coming back, going to work, coming back. Yeah. Like, you know, that time jump there of how long they've been in this simulation. And there were some interesting like implications, I guess, of like, because it was like, do you have a chosen wife was one of the questions. Yeah. And so I'm like. What if some of these girls, like the potential for a guy to be a stalker and not even know the person that he's like really know, like, you know, he and Alice have a pre-existing relationship, obviously, in the real world. But like, 
what if one of the neighbors is just she's been abducted by this guy, you know, I'm and made his how, wife in the Victory Project. I'm curious on how that would work, just because they do make the note like you are to take care of your wife in the simulation, right. like in the real world. Um, especially with it being a stalker, like she's one day goes missing. Right. So yeah, how does that work, or would that work? Yeah, but with the the seemingly the the odd clientele. Uh, I do. Yeah, I mean, the potential for that to be somebody that gets interested in this project would not be surprising, you know. And then I mean, you've got yeah. somebody like Olivia Wilde's character, Bunny, who was choosing to be there because she apparently lost her children in the room. Yeah. And has fake children in the simulation here that, you know, that's what keeps her happy. And then they make the comment about the neighbor. What was her name? Peg always being pregnant. So I wonder if that means that in the real world, she's pregnant. But the. But then it's like, well, what happens when she gives birth in the real world? Right. Like, what's going to happen to that baby? Because obviously Don't she's know. not going to be there. Mm. Don't know, because I don't know. Like I said, I think it introduced something that added way more questions than it gave answers. Yeah. And because then there's also so when it's all falling apart. So she she goes back into she basically she starts having doubts and all that. And gets given over to the the Victory Project company, and uh, is sent through the treatment of basically like you got to make her submissive again, right? Mm-hmm. And make her you know go along with the the simulation. But she has her memories still. She's kind of gotten her memories back about that she was a person outside of the Victory Project, and mm-hmm. uh, she uh, she has the line with uh, Jack where like he's telling her like you know, and she almost. I thought, I kind of believe her, she almost wants to stay, I thought, for a bit. Like, it is nice, you know? Right. Or was she tricking him? I don't know. But he uh, he holds on to her and she beats his head in with a fucking rocks glass. And then uh, Bunny finds her and is basically like, you gotta get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Because that's when we find out that if you die in the simulation, you die in real life, which I don't know yeah. how that works. But, yeah, but the, they specified... Men. Yeah, she says if the men die in the simulation, they die in the real world. Yeah. Don't know what that means for the women, or was that just a weird phrasing, you know? I, I'm not, yeah, I wasn't, that confused me a little bit. Because I don't know that why may- it would be any different for the women. Because the, uh, uh, shit, what's her name? What's it, Margaret? No. Yeah, Margaret, when she kills herself. Yeah. Did she yeah, die she, in the real world, or? But they say that she's alive, but we never see her again. Right, so I'm thinking those were just the lies that the Victory Project was telling the girls to keep them calm. I don't think that's anything you can take at face value. In fact, I think it's probably implying the exact opposite. Yeah, she's dead. That could be. Yeah. But so, uh, Olivia But it's Wild, only mentioned Bunny, like once. once yeah. And then, like, but anyways, continue. So Bunny tells uh, Alice, like, yeah, in the climax there after she finds out she's killed Jack, is like, you gotta get the fuck out of here, because in the real world, they'll come and find you, and they'll kill you in the real world. Yeah. And so, Alice is, like, racing, that's what you see in the trailer, like, the car chase across the open desert and all that, and she's trying to get to, like, the exit, right, and trying to get back to the real world. And, literally, the movie ends with you, like, it cuts to black when she, quote-unquote, leaves. You don't see her get out, necessarily. But you hear her breathe. You hear her inhale like she's waking up. Yeah, like and then just thing. like, yeah, like, <gasps> yeah, and then it just does like, don't worry, darling. And I'm like, no, 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 I want to know what happens after that. Yeah, 
Like, do they come to get her? Does she have to go into hiding? Does she go to the police? Uh, you know, there's so many what ifs, like, what's going think, on? Because there's also that, uh, uh, Frank. Shelly, yeah, Shelly yeah, kills Shelley Frank. stabs Frank. And then Shelly, like, says, like, it's my turn now. So, which yeah. makes me think, oh, is she taking like, over on this thing? Right, so is she saying it's her turn to run this thing? Or is she saying it's her turn to, like, to kill her husband, to, like, you know, break free? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. And, and again, yeah, there were a lot of questions. It did. The ending raised a lot more questions than it did answers. Um, and, like, I honestly, I don't have anything during the movie itself that I want to talk about other than that. Uh, there's a scene when Alice first, like, she walks out into the desert and discovers headquarters, which is mm-hmm. where you exit the simulation at. Yep. And she has all these different visions and shit and then wakes up at home. And that scene, like, because it's a kind of a very noisy and like disembodied scene with weird visuals and stuff. It's very disorienting. And then she just kind of wakes up in her bed in a dark bedroom and it's very quiet. That was kind of eerie, I thought. Yeah. I was like, ooh, this is kind of creepy. And she's kind of walking and trying to figure out what's going on. And then it just kind of slowly fades back into, oh, no, Jack's just being a sweetheart. Like, he's in there making dinner and stuff and like he's that. He's cooking. Yeah. And trying his best. And, th- you know, I kind of expected it to go full 1950s where he's, like, pissed at her for making him make his own dinner. But he's mm-hmm. being a sweet husband. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Jack was a sweet guy until he wasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. Obviously, in the real world, he's he's a fucking monster, but I don't know. It did. It just it felt all over the place in a bad way for me. I don't want to see it again, and it was a major letdown. Yeah, I will say that the things I wanted to point out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you talk about what you got. I don't have anything. That scene with Nick Kroll. Um, oh yes, yeah, with the French new party. guy. Ha- yeah, having like that super serious because he's like, you know, I didn't really get to talk to the big guy that much, and he was yeah, like a Frank, little. Yeah, and he was and. Nick Kroll is just like, you know, you'd be lucky to talk to him. Yeah. Do you have any idea yeah. how fucking important he is? Yeah. You have like, no yeah, reason don't. to talk to him. Yeah. And yeah, that was like, a, oh, fuck. Like, oh, he's, shit. Things got like heavy. That, like, the guy apologized. Felt, he's like, oh, sorry. Yeah. It, sorry, it felt very yeah. cult and it felt cult quick. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that, that's how it would probably happen, too, is some guy slightly questions him. <laughs> and did you notice that Frank kind of just teleports there? So what like, do you mean? So you see a shot of Frank like watching from his balcony through like the slats. Uh-huh. And then Gemma Chan starts her speech and then pans to the crowd listening to her speech and then it pans back and he's just kind of leaning on the lamppost next to her. And I was like, when did he like you didn't see him walk down the stairs behind when the fuck did he get there? And I was uh. like, Oh, is that supposed to be like a glitch in the simulation, maybe? But I think it's maybe just a weird editing thing. I think it's nobody was like, yeah, nobody was like, how the fuck did Frank get here? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Because hmm. I was thinking oh, that maybe that was a, oh, yeah, that's weird that Frank just kind of showed up there and nobody noticed. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I didn't like it. That's all I got for you. That's all I got. I was pretty bummed out. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. No, no. Man. Oh, well. Florence Pugh was a fucking a star in it. And uh, she was. The sex was hot. That's all I got. <laughs> I, uh, Chris, you gotta go ahead. I was gonna say the other thing I wanted to talk about was, um, the one thing I was a little disappointed with, um, is like those cutscenes that, you know, that you, you'd mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, like those visions, they were yeah, like disorienting images and stuff. Yeah. They're kind of like they're very uh, visually s- interesting. synchronized, synchronized dancers. 
yeah um and stuff like that but it was very like weirdly timed and like the playing of it was like almost choppy it gave it a little Mm -hmm. creepier look um and i thought that was going to come into play because alice did ballet she did dance like that was one of the things and then just nothing came out of that and i was like well then what is it like what are these visions she's having yeah and then it looks like those are potentially like the loading screen yeah oh yeah and that yeah when you're logging into the simulation and it's like why is that the loading screen (laughs) right yeah why is it ballet but chris you got a cryptid for me i think what you meant to say is welcome back to chris's cryptid corner i'm your host chris uh so this week actually i think i got a pretty good one for us um we'll be talking about the now i got to read just a little bit so do forgive me um, but it's called the Joroguma, Gumo, Joroguma. Thank you. Um, and this is, you know, translating that from because it's a Japanese cryptid. Oh, translates okay. to um, an entangling bride, or alternatively, a whore spider. A what now? A whore spider. Word. Like a brothel. Yeah. Um. Which is not not a good word, but that's just word. For right. Word yeah, that's the name. Cryptid. Yeah, I I thought you might have said horse spider, or horse biter, like somebody who bites a horse. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> Duke boys are at it again. Again, <laughs> damn horse spider. Um, but so the appearance where it originated from is uh, in Japan. Some spiders are known to possess amazing supernatural powers. One of these Jorogumo, uh, known as the Golden Orb Weaver translated in English. Um, it is the most well-known of its arachnid yokai and found all over the Japanese uh, archipelago? Archipelago. Yep, you nailed it. Oh, oh my god. string of violence. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, except for the northern island of Hokkaido? Hokkaido? Hokkaido, probably. Um, their body is average size, between two to three centimeters long, but they can grow up much larger. Some are massive enough to catch and eat small birds. That's a big fucking spider, dude, if they're catching yeah. birds. Uh, renowned for their... Yeah, just consuming them. Eating them. Renowned for their size, they're vividly they're vividly and beautif- beautifully colored, excuse me, and the large and strong web strings that they weave. Uh, they're famous for cruel destruction um, of the weak. So this whole thing starts off that they would, it would be, yeah. So they, they would appear as uh, skillful deceivers, shape shifting as a young, sexy, stunning, strong, beautiful women. Hell yeah. And uh, they, you know, would lure men, predominantly young, handsome men, looking for love, and they'd kill them. <laughs> I think yeah. we got some of them in America, dude. Like. Shit. You're gonna sound blind. <laughs> no, not, not the Victor subreddit. <laughs> um no, but she lures she lures them into their home with promises of affection and then they're never seen again. And then it just says that, you know, from there they eat them and that's it. And then they just back out on the prowl for part two. But I mean it's just uh <laughs> the whole hump and dump. But I mean, I don't know. But, it's just but something in this case, weird. it's a dump because they shit them. That correct. And then they do still dump them and hump 
they you could. Them. Yeah, do they, they hump them? them? I imagine so. I can't see why they wouldn't. But, uh... Mm. Yeah. But no, I just thought it was really goofy. Um, but, like... Also, I could see this being really scary. Yeah, like... A, like like pictures here, of it. Like pictures yeah, of, like... So a woman spider, like... Super scary looking. But then also being, like... A sexy young lady who also... Mm -hmm. Wants to fuck and eat. <laughs> it's like, you know, brain mantises. You know? You yeah, gotta, exactly. You gotta kind of, you know... As long as you're not boring, you won't get your head eaten. Yeah, stay interesting. If you've ever eaten your partner's head during sex because you got boring, definitely send us an email. That's simplyrollmail.com. Yeah, please write in. We definitely want to hear kinda, that. That is the kind of shit we want to hear. <laughs> That's some need-to-know type shit. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I just, I don't know, I thought it was something goofy. I did grab another one, uh, since that one was kind of small. I, I grabbed another small one. Yeah. Um, they're called wander lights. Wander okay. lights are uh, atmospheric ghosts, lights seen by travelers at night, often in swamps, but some reports also speaking of uh, sightings in graveyards. It looks like a low, hovering orb of light, and it's known to recede when approached, leading the travelers from safe paths. And then here, here it is. Hold on. Uh, there are many other names for their for the <laughs> wander lights, and one of them is uh. Willow of the Wisps, and if you've ever seen fucking Brave, yeah, Willow of the Wisps, baby. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. Saying. Yeah, huh? So I, I saw that, and I just at first when it said swamp, I was like, it's probably just a fucking firefly, like, right? Yeah. But then I heard Willow Wisps, and I was like, oh no! Mm -hmm. <laughs> my first thought was Scotland, Scotland, not my bitch Merida. <laughs> You could change your fit, would ya? That makes me think. Is I don't know if it's a ghost thing. I don't know. It's pretty cool. But I was talking about it earlier today. I want to do a Ouija board, but like, I don't know, man. I don't necessarily believe in ghosts, but also I'm not the type of person to test that luck. <laughs> like I'm not gonna You're test not it. You're not prepared to be wrong. Right? Yeah. So I'd like to try a Ouija board, just not not in my home. But I'll try it somewhere don't else. Or exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, those are my cryptids of you. If you definitely have any suggestions, anything like that, definitely just shoot them in an email to us. Uh, it's Zip a bag, gmail.com. Right, but uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, what have you been thinking about, baby? Hmm? So I've been thinking about uh, Andor, <laughs> uh huh, and She-Hulk a bit. I think we need to. Mm. I almost wonder if we need to start doing like. Our TV roundups as like a separate thing. Hold on, callback idea that just popped in my head. You remember our short podcast that we did? Yeah, it was like a, a half. Let's fucking do it for Andor. Oh, oh That's what my I'm god! Yeah, I'm gonna rip off my shirt. That was hot. Bring it back. <laughs> Bring yeah. it back. Yeah, we did like a ten point five. I know that was forever ago too. Yeah. Man, yeah, it was episode ten point five. That was thirty yeah. weeks ago. Oof. Or sorry, 20 weeks ago. <sighs> but so I don't Storm know that I want to talk about Andor or She-Hulk, because I think we need to do... Because even if we did a mini-sode, with Andor being 12 episodes long, I think we would potentially need to do, like, two mini-sodes. Like, maybe we do a one at the halfway point, and the one at the finale. Yeah. And maybe we do one for She-Hulk, since it's only half-hour episodes, when it yeah. wraps up here in a few weeks. Yeah. 
Major but, Stone uh, on the end of the first an- uh, episode with Andor. Of Andor, yeah. And then Slime Rancher. So, I don't know if you ever heard of this game. What'd you call me? <laughs> you Slime Rancher. Hold on. Fucking father is texting me. Fuck off, loser. We're <laughs> on important shit right now. Now he's being sweet. It's an important life event for me today, and he was wishing me good, good with it. All right, sorry, I had to reply to Yeah. <laughs> what a loser caring for his son. <laughs> All right, sorry. Sorry, that's very unprofessional, but uh, family comes first. No, so Slime Rancher is a, uh, a video game that's about four to five years old, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a nice, relaxing video game. Uh, as far as I know, it's only on PC, but they could have ported it uh, since then. But when I first played it, I downloaded it as a early access game when it first came out. And it's literally just, you're on an alien planet with a nice, like, almost painted art style, or like, very cartoony art style. It's a oh, first-person I game. I think I do, I know. I think I do know what you're talking about. And you're just, you're literally farming these different types of crit- critters that are all just balls of slime. Yeah, and I never played like, it, but I remember seeing stuff about it. Yeah, and it's just, it's super fun, and by, apparently by the end of it, so I haven't, re, I haven't, I didn't finish it or play it all the way through by the time it, like, was fully released. I only played the early access version. Um, but I remembered that it was pretty relaxing and fun and all that. But apparently it actually ended up with a story and, and things like that, and it was a very good game, and it was like a, you know, you could beat the game, air quotes, right? Well, uh, I saw that on early access Steam, uh, it has a sequel, Slime Rancher 2. And it is apparently a continuation of Slime Rancher 1's story with like the same character and stuff going to a different planet, potentially, or maybe a different area of that same planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so it, it was like, oh, shit, Slime Rancher. So I reinstalled it, and I started playing it yesterday. Shit's still fun, bub. And like, it's, it's a good relaxing. It's kind of like a Stardew Valley where it's, yeah, this is chill. I like this. Like, this is, this is for me. Uh, and you can still like lose yourself in it, where you're like, "Yeah, this is why this doesn't need to be this fun." But uh, so yeah, yeah, you gotta give it a little, give it a little looky loo. I wouldn't be surprised if it's on with uh, the the sequel being out on early access. Let me let me pull up a price point for you and let you know. The Slime Rancher here store page. It is nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine. That's how I fucking robbery. Said. You can kiss my ass for that. Outrageous! Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what about yeah. you, Bob? What you been thinking about? Honestly, um, I'm off work today and tomorrow, and like last week on my days off. Honestly, I just I catched up on She-Hulk because uh, I I only did saw you, the first did episode. Did you catch up or did you get caught up? I what did I say? Catched. Catched. Oh, excuse me. I caught up uh, on She-Hulk uh, except for the last episode. Um, Episode six, I suppose, but I plan on watching that mm. tomorrow. And then, um, you know, watching Andor. Uh, still trying to figure out the shit with my Oculus. Did I talk about it on here? You did, yeah. Yeah, so, like, yeah, I just got to send it out, but I don't know. I got to find a box, and that just threw me. <laughs> threw They're me not for a little sending bit of a you a no, box to no. send it back in? No, so I, I was. I misread it. So I thought that they were going to send me two boxes. One of them going to have my new one. And they just said, put the old one in there and send it back. They said, no, nah, you got to send yours. And as soon as we see it's in transit, we'll send you yours. Right. Yeah. They don't want you to end up with two right. fully so, so functioning oculi. <laughs> right. And so if it's at a point where like 
if they get it and it's wrong or if it's like not the right one that they can pull it and halt the shipment. Right. Um, so yeah, I just got to find a box. But the thing is the Oculus is like in a weird shape where it's like, it's kind of big, but kind of not. So I don't know. Maybe are they going to pay for the shipping? They gave me the label and everything like that. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's yeah. So I just got to print it off and then stick it on. And honestly, I think I might be able to get away with it work. So I just might fucking, because yeah. I still have the cover for it, everything like that. So I just might slide the cover on it, tape it up a couple times, slap it on, and send it out. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, dude. Like I don't, I don't have any fucking boxes. This thing's big enough. I bet Morgan could get you a box from work. I ask. What'd you say? It's not. I said I'll have to ask. I thought you I said that sounds like a task because you kind of broke up. Yeah, sounds like a task. But I mean, other than that, man, I've just been. uh Working a whole bunch. Um, like I said, I started Cyberpunk. I'll probably keep playing it, but yeah, oh, yeah, I need oh, to get back oh. into Valhalla. I'll tell you what, though, I've been fucking up Dead by Daylight with a couple oh, yeah? of my buddies because one of them moved out of country. Yeah, so it's really it's really hard to uh, kind of stay in touch because you know it's different time, like different way time different zones time and zones. And yeah, but we found like this golden. Golden, golden time <laughs> zone where it's like super super early for us but i mean it's like th- mid-afternoon for the you know him yeah. so like we'll all be like all right well let's just get up early that day and we can play all morning before we got to go out and do shit and so that still leaves us the whole entire day you know and he's fine you guys you know? should maybe look into trading off that trading selfish prick has to wake up early that's true that's yeah he, he knows who I does he listen to this i i believe he does you know who you are, and you know me. That's fucking rude of you to make your friends wake up every day just to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Worthless piece of shit. Phone works both ways, bud. <laughs> but, I mean, really, yeah, I've been fucking it up on Dead by Daylight. Um, and I just grinding the hell out of that game. We've been playing Apex again, and I'm still very bad at it. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm not true. good at the game, and I no, can't get good at it. For whatever reason. with my father, and... Dad's like, he doesn't want to hurt your feelings. He's like, I remember how bad there's also times where it's painful to watch. Like, it's, it is tough. But the thing is, is like, sometimes with, you know, the, the group of friends I play Dead by Daylight with, uh, we'll play like Fortnite. And mm-hmm. again, like, I'd, I'd say sometimes I'm better, at, like, I'll, I'll land a couple good shots at Fortnite and I'll get a couple kills and stuff like that. I think I'm just not good with Battle Royale. You think that's the. Because I think, like, Team Deathmatch, like, I'll play, like, Chivalry 2. I'm pretty good at that game. Like, I can get a good streak. Now, granted, that's a very hard game. Like, you know, typically you get, like, a, a kill and then you die, right? Or, or right. you know, but I can get, a, like, a good, nice little kill streak going. So and maybe it's an I'll, aiming I'll, thing. I don't know, because, like, I'm good at... Because it's predominantly Because I'm good at, like, aiming combat. it. Well, I'm good at, like, uh, Cyberpunk I was good at. I wasn't awful at The Last of Us. I'd say yeah, also in Cyberpunk, set. you're playing against computers. Right, but I'll set it. I'm not like, I don't have it on easy. I think I have it set on normal. So, like, it still gives me somewhat of a challenge. Right. It's a normal challenge. And so, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just have to get good, I guess. Maybe I'll start I grinding did, on it. I did just see something come across uh, that I forgot to talk about for news. So, two things. First thing, real quick. I don't have any details put up in front of me so to excuse the bare bones in this bone bare bonedness of the news on these ones but uh keanu reeves is back for a sequel to constantine 
Oh. And then uh, James Earl Jones is 91, and he signed over his voice rights to Darth Vader. He basically oh, retired really? from the voice acting. And oh, basically was like, man. and like just gave the, the rights to his, his voice specifically as Darth Vader uh, to Disney. And it was kind of, I thought it was interesting, the like the wording on it. I remember reading it basically specified AI or voice actor. So whether they wanted to use just an AI generated voice, because I believe that um, in Kenobi, it was a combination of AI and Hayden Christensen's voice. Mm hmm. To give us the Darth Especially Vader. with that broken mask scene. Yeah, well, yeah, it's definitely supposed to be both of their voices. Um, but yeah, so that was, I thought that was interesting. I mean, he's 91, he's not going to, you know. That's true, that's true. It's just, that's sad to see, because... Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't like... Death still scares me. Yeah. Getting old scares me. But, but it also uh, does. I don't know, I don't know, it's a back-and-forth kind of game. We'll talk about this in therapy this week. So again, we <laughs> want to thank you guys so much for your attention and support. If you guys enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a great review. Tell your friends about it. Share us on social media. Obviously, like I always say, word of mouth is a huge helper. Um, if you're new to listening or you've been listening, but you've just never taken the time. If you're listening on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening, make sure that you like it, follow it, whatever the, the phrasing is. Subscribe. That way you get notifications when we post these episodes and you can you know, be a part of the elite group that listens in the early hours of the Wednesday the church. morning, you know? The yeah, church, the church. Baby. You can the be a word. part of the flock. Yeah. The, the, the good word. Have you heard the good word? Have you heard the word? It's, you know, the Wednesday word with Simply Whelmed, you know? That's right. That's right. But no, uh, yeah, yeah, again, if you're, if you're new, we welcome you, and please come back next week. And if you've been here, we appreciate that you came back this week. Absolutely. Uh, Chris, if the people wanted to get in touch with us, give us some feedback. Tell us we're wrong dissing on mm -hmm. Harry Styles. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. give us death threats. Yep. How would they do that? Yeah, you can always do that. You know, you can get uh, in touch with our Facebook, Instagram, or our YouTube at Simply Whelmed Podcast. And then, of course, you can always reach out to our Twitter handle, which is Whelmed underscore Simply. And as always, we love getting your emails at mailbag at gmail.com. Yeah, the, the Gmail's been a little dry lately. I'd like to start reading some more out, but mm -hmm. uh, haven't been getting a ton of stuff in. So please send in your, your emails. Yeah, I, I would love to have a little bit more back and forth with people. Um, next week, we might if have to check out <laughs> any cryptids. I was going to say, if you yeah, have any right? cryptids, love, you know, love advice. You know, I am a love right. doctor. Any, uh, uh, I am an ordained minister, so I feel like I, I am uh, also. So we could give you ordained oh my God, we could, minister advice. No, no, no. We could just uh, officiate your wedding. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> By the power invested in us. <laughs> I'm, I swear to God, I'd pull up in a tuxedo t-shirt plastered. Just shit-faced. That's ah! the Simply Whelmed experience. But I'll do a yeah. good enough job where they go, it wasn't the worst, but yeah, you know, yeah. It, it was Simply Whelmed. Yeah. Yeah, it's Simply Whelmed. But now, uh, that's not bad. I think that's a potential avenue that we should explore. It's Next week, we gig. might have to check out. Yeah, it's our, yeah, you, got, you know, always on the grind. It's our hustle. Uh, <laughs> it's a side hustle. Next week, we, I think we might have to check out. The, just trying to think of stuff that, like, I, I want to go do movies. Like, mm -hmm. but there's not much coming out. Like, I was looking, like, what comes out in the, like, not much. Like, we well, are in a dry we spell. Can, we can. Bite the bullet on the late train, no pun intended, and then go see Bullet Train. 
Yeah, I guess we could do that. Because I guess, you know, because like... neither of us are looking forward to it. That's the whole purpose is like, what if we're, our, our socks are blown off? Yeah, but I don't like, like, what if we don't like it? And then I was like, well, we went to the movie. Well, then we come back and dog on it. We went and saw Morpheus and we both knew we were going to hate it. And we did hate it. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention that last week or the week prior. So that's on Netflix now. And uh, Morgan was like, I got it. Because like, Morgan was supposed to go with us and then bitched out at the last minute. And so, first of all, wasted money on a ticket to a bad movie. And then had to or just go through the ordeal that is Morbius. And then she was like, I got it. Like, I heard how bad you guys said it was. I kind of want to watch. She got like halfway through it and was like, we can turn this dog shit off. Like, I don't want to watch it. It's bad. I believe you. And I'm like, I told you, you know, we didn't even get to see fucking uh, whatever has got Milo dancing shirtless. We got to like when he escapes jail and was like, she was like, this is fucking dog ass. <laughs> and he's like me when I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. She didn't laugh at that, but because uh, I was like, hold on, this is it right here. And, and he said it and she just kind of looked over at me and was like, what? And I was like, all right. We thought it was funny. Yeah. It's just, it's so bad. It's not good. It's so corny. It's not good. I'll tell you that. I, I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. Watching it. Yeah. Yeah. On Netflix. Yeah, so I was. I put it on for her, fell asleep, and woke up to him escaping jail, and uh, and she was like, "Yeah, you can turn this shit off," because like I had the remotes, so she was kind yes. of stuck in prison, you know. <laughs> like I woke up and she's like, "Oh, thank God, turn it off, please yeah. turn it off." But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's the end of the show, Chris. Everybody, bye. Bye. I didn't like Morbius. I didn't like Don't Worry, Darling. And I don't know that I want to go see a movie I'm not going to like. And I don't like not liking. That's the gamble, baby. That's the gamble of our podcast. <laughs> we shouldn't go strictly, you know, criticize movies and just see the movies that we, we like. We, like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have to go see movies we don't like. Talk about this how podcast's over. <laughs>